Jeez. With that manly cup he's holding. With yeah. sippy cup. Nice. Alright, guys, so we are back. We are here with Cameron Foos, who is a trader, very successful trader, who has changed his path. Not only is he doing trading now and teaching trading, but uh, he has Iconics. So you you came here to feature me on your Iconic profile show, which is exciting, was awesome. Um, It's a great show, and it was great being a part of it. So let us know kind of uh, how everything's going with you, man. And welcome to Phuket. Yeah, no, awesome to be here, man. And uh, yeah, basically, we've been traveling all over. I've been traveling full time for 17 months. So it's been pretty crazy. He was just asking me where to, if I live in Bali. I'm like, dude, I don't live anywhere. It's just been like constantly moving. We're going to Bangkok today. We're there for three days. We're going to Singapore after that for five days and then back to Bali for a month. So it's been pretty crazy. But I started out uh, fascinated by the stock market when I was still in high school. So I knew going into college, that's what I wanted to be part of. I wanted to be a stockbroker though, but at the time I didn't know what a stockbroker really was. They're basically just salesmen who are, you know, basically trying to earn people's trust to so that they can get their money into their account and earn a commission. Right. And I'm not really per se a salesman or something that that's not what I wanted to be. So I eventually learned that that's not what I wanted to do, but I want to be a day trader and actually make the trades, learn the, the game of day trading. And so uh, I actually sold my car when I was 20 so I could have some money to start with because you have to have capital to right. start trading. But I lost money for my first three years as a day trader. But I was learning. I knew I had what it, what it took. I actually became a member of a website called threestocksonfire.com, which was actually run by these Portuguese guys that had pseudo-American names to make them look more marketable. Yeah. But their names were like, Sergio and like something, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, so I got started in that. I did pretty well for myself. Uh, but I did lose for my first three years. I was just kind of trial and error, trial and error. And I didn't have a mentor when I was doing it, which is a big mistake, something that I preach now to people, but I also struggle for me to find a mentor for myself because I'm always just like winging it. And I've definitely had a lot of mistakes in my life, uh, going down that path. But uh, basically after about three years, I started getting the hang of it. I started making money. I started my own website in 2006. I was doing it for free in college, uh, just writing a blog and just like immerse myself deep into the stock market. Like I wasn't going to, to class anymore. I didn't really care. I was spending most of my time learning the stock market, becoming part of the community, studying, writing articles, uh, blogging, uh, learning everything. So I built up a pretty solid reputation. And my senior year of college, I was like, all right, do I, do I want to be a stockbroker? I was debating selling my website. I threw it on eBay for like two grand. Uh, this was before I started charging people. And because I was also nervous, I was just this like drunk college kid. Like, are people actually going to give me any money to turn this into a business where I, they actually pay for my advice or pay for my education? Right. And uh, I just decided to go for it. I was actually living in Boise, Idaho at this time. Uh, and I made about 30 K that month and people just signing up for my blog that it was no longer free. And I was like, "Whoa, this is like real. People are actually listening to what I have to say about the stock market. And I was only 23 at the time. So that's, that's, this was 10 yeah. years ago. We got to start charging this people want to learn service. how to make money. That's, that's yeah. something that's pretty and consistent. So the thing is it's to sell an education, which teaches people how to make money. It's an easy sell. People want to learn how to make right, money. Uh, so 
it's a it's a system that actually works if you dedicate yourself to it. Uh, but there's no guarantees. It's a fucking stock market. You know, there's people are losing money left and right in the stock right. market. And there's thousands of people per day that want to get in this game, but they get started the wrong way. Just like I did. I just started winging it. My first trade, I went to eTrade.com, signed up for an account, and bought the cheapest stock on the homepage. It's like, that's what people do because they yeah. want to buy a penny stock, but they have no idea what they're doing. So uh, that's kind of what we try to teach people at Foos4 Trading is how to get started the right way. There's no guarantee. The probability of you making money is probably pretty low. It's actually really low. But the probability of you actually maybe getting into this game and making money is going to be way higher if you start out with, an, with a plan and actually have the knowledge of a pro day trader before you ever even make a trade. Right. And that's the mistake most people make is they're like, oh, this, I'll, get, I'll wing it. I'll see how this goes. And you, this is a league, just like getting in the UFC, just like getting in the NBA or NFL. This is not something that just, it's not built for everybody. You have to train hard. You have to practice. You have to go through a lot of immersive uh, training and see if it, you see if you have what it takes because you never know unless you try. Yeah. But uh so yeah, it's been uh it's been an interesting 13 year run at this game. Uh and then to move on to what we've been talking about with Iconic and why I'm here now, uh you know, just in life in general, uh you got to ask yourself why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. What's the purpose or meaning behind it? And something that I think a lot of people make the mistake of early on, and especially when you're 20s, you're naive, you don't really know what the fuck you want and you see things especially nowadays with social media you see cars you see girls you see watches and that's what i wanted i think yeah. that's what norbert wants it's young and dumb 24 you know it's like that's what everybody wants when you're, <laughs> you're young except the girls part right yeah um, except the girls part you liked it when i was dressed like a woman huh like yeah. your favorite episode Can't deny it, right? yeah see <laughs> yeah he's a good kid he means well. Yeah, yeah, he, he means well. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but we yeah. need to put a picture of him right there. Yeah. Just we'll find one of you. We'll do a little flip. Norbert's best on a Instagram milk carton. Photo. Is it a shout out from my Instagram? I guess so now. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, nah. nah. We'll keep his Instagram. Well, that's our first uh, one. Huh? Yeah, but anyways, I just. You got to have a why behind what you're doing. And my why was money for getting into trading. Mm -hmm. And eventually that's going to turn into a lack of purpose. And mm -hmm. that's what happened with me. And there's there's a reason why there's the saying money doesn't buy happiness. And you don't realize that. Nobody knows that until you make some money and realize like, all right, I have some money and I continue to have this money. And then you just get kind of sucked in this you know, snowball of just buying things. Like I had three cars, a boat, a sick condo, and it just Rolexes, whatever. And you just kind of get caught in this vicious cycle of just like trying to fulfill an empty void. Mm. And it's like, all right, like <laughs> try to steal it. But uh, yeah. And so I just was kind of like lacking like purpose and meaning in my life. So I wanted to do something more. And I was just like sitting there thinking like, is day trading really what I want? to do with the rest of my life? And the answer is fuck no. Like if you want to be a million dollar trader, you have to spend most of your time sitting at home alone in front of your computer. And that's not what I want to do at all. Like I did that a lot of my twenties and I fucking regret it. There's nothing worse than regret. 
in your life when you look mm. back. So I'm trying to find more balance now. I only trade three days a week. I only put about 15% of my time into day trading. I have a full-time day trader at Foos4, Mike. He's a fucking stud. He's a killer. He's banking. So I'm focusing more on the business side of things, marketing content, and networking. And trading, you don't do a lot of networking unless you're talking with people on Twitter, which right. is like yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not actually like out in the world, like seeing people, meeting people. So I can still make good money trading, but I'm also running a business. I'm doing Iconic. We're actually starting a, a clothing line. Uh, and I just wanted to focus on personal development and network. So I got rid of everything. I sold all my cars, got rid of my condo. I still have this watch. I've been trying to sell it on eBay for we'll two. We'll get it. We'll buy it from you. After yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> well, you're a trader, right? I'll trade you this one. <laughs> yeah, right. that sounds like a what good time does yours say? Yeah. Same as mine. Mine's probably the so, right. yeah, we're good. So another thing I want to say is, I don't know why you, <laughs> you interviewed me, but uh, I like the fact that uh, you choose inspirational people and people who's done stuff uh, inspirational to other people or whatever, yeah. um, to, to get inside their lives and their head and kind of see how they tick. And, and I think that's pretty cool. You know, I think that's something interesting for the audience to, to look at yeah. these, these type of people, not necessarily, uh, sports figures or not necessarily, uh, any, any specific, uh, demographic or genre. Yeah. You're looking at people who are changing, kind of changing the world or kind of changing, uh, people's ideas sparking interest and building success for themselves which is really cool you know yeah no i'm just kind of looking for so what the profile is is a show that we're shooting for iconic it's iknk.com um clever by the way yeah because <laughs> well, of course iconic wouldn't no. be available so you just go <laughs> iknk no if we're, I'm, actually, actually i think i kind of came up with this idea like probably five five years ago um, and it was called Alpha Life Inc. And I was just like, all right, I'm so sick of seeing the word alpha in people's fucking yeah, business model, you know? So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was cool five years ago. No, it still is. But, uh, so that, uh, yeah, about a year ago, I was actually in Portugal. Um, and I was like working on Alpha Life Inc. logos. And I was like, I fucking hate this shit. Like Alpha Life Inc. This is so gay. So I was like, all right, I got to come up with like a new, uh, slogan or whatever so the slogan is iconic business pleasure bliss and that's kind of what the premise of the show is in the interview is like what are you doing successful in business what are you doing to find a work-life balance pleasure and how are you obtaining happiness or striving how are you obtaining or striving all those three categories yeah. so i'm basically traveling the world and i've been travel vlogging for about the last year and a half through all my travels um, and it just, I got kind of bored of that. It was fun when I was with my girlfriend, we traveled to, with each other for a year yeah. and then it turned into just me and Norbert going on safaris together. Y'all are kind of like a couple though. <laughs> yeah. Basically we live together. So it's like 24 yeah. seven oh, losers. <laughs> oh my God. It's like us. So, um, it's ironic. Yeah. So, okay. So I was going to go back on, uh, on the trading real fast. So, so three years of failing, um, before you made money, what, what kept you going? Cause I like to hear these stories because everyone's had success and stuff and you made a lot of money. You made up to 70,000 in a month, I think. Yeah. Something. My biggest month was 70 K. Yeah. So, so Dang. what, what kept you going? Um, for the people that, that are having trouble, um, building success and, and we've all been there. I've failed so many times. I yeah. can't even, I can't even list how many times I've failed in, in every aspect, gym, but I mean, everything, everything I've been successful at, I've failed at the same thing multiple yeah. times before I got there. Um, so what kept you going for three years, losing money, um, to try to, to try to make money and, and, and get to the successful part? I think the problem is in trading is that the, 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 what it boils down to in trading your level of success, success all boils down to your, 
your mental capacity to actually handle the emotional state of being able to click buy and sell when you need to. So right. I I kind of built a system which is now called the Foos4 system uh, over the first year that was kind of based off of some things that I was learning at this website, threestocksonfire.com. And I had a system that I knew worked. Mm -hmm. The problem was I, my mind state and my fear and my greed yeah. uh, was lacking, making it so I couldn't actually implement this system. So it really just boils down to you being able to have a system that works. But the problem is making that system actually work because there's so much human error and emotion involved in trading. It's hard to actually implement it correctly. So I knew that I could make it work. I knew that it did work. It just took me three years to focus on my mind state and the psychology, psychological aspect of trading to actually do it. And I was young. I was getting drunk five days a week in college. So like I was like I was taking it seriously, but you know, I I was Tell. taking I was taking <laughs> I wish you'd text me then. Yeah. So if he can do taking, it guys, you guys can do it. Yeah. I was taking partying a lot more seriously over anything. I was just focusing on having fun, but I was also definitely hustling and school wasn't doing it for me. School is more so a burden and getting in the way of what I wanted to actually do. So um I think it's just uh, like I was saying in our episode that we shot together, like my tattoo right here from Winston Churchill, it says success is walking from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. Right. So I think you need confidence to live by that motto and you have to have confidence in yourself. So I think it really just boiled down to me being confident that I knew this worked. It was just a piece of my mind state that wasn't clicking or me really taking self-awareness that that's what it needed. That's what I needed to make this work. So uh, that was really it, just not giving up and believing in myself. And I think that's really what it boils down to for anybody. Yeah, man, and I can kind of relate a little bit. So essentially what, what you're saying is like you knew your system worked. It's just your mindset, like your discipline wasn't yeah. working. So, yeah. so you knew if you can control your discipline and not be as greedy or or be more patient or whatever the case is. Because I, I can really like I got into um, into trading kind of as a hobby just for the exciting aspect of micro cap uh, stock trading uh, a while back. And then there was this, uh, this bio uh, biotechnology company, uh, GLYC. And I remember you were there. I was my first penny <laughs> stock trade. Like I'm, I'm obviously building up a long portfolio and stuff, but this was my first like in and out day trade, like, yeah. you know, exciting. Let's get the, and I was like doing a lot of research and, and studying up on it. And it was like May 18th of 2017, it was right before the big, the big jump in GLYC. I guess they were waiting on FDA approval. And so there's all this hype around it. We we're doing research. We we're making sure it was a legitimate company. They were working on sickle cell and all that. And it, it seemed t totally legit. Yeah. Uh, so if the FDA uh, approved this, I was going to go for it. <clears throat> so they did. It was like three, four dollars a share. Uh, they approved it, started jumping up. I got in at seven eighty eight, and uh, seven so you bought in after the FDA approval. Yeah. Yeah. Or no, maybe before. I think it was I, right no, before. No, 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 right after. Or right, right that day or something. When, when we knew, when yeah. I had that good feeling that it was going to go up, like that's when I bought. Yeah. Because it was already headed up. So it went from like three to four dollars up to seven eighty eight when I bought. So I bought at seven eighty eight uh, a share, and then it started going up, and we were just all excited. We we're like we're like schoolgirls because we we're like so excited, right? <laughs> that's the stuff. It worked. Like, I mean, man. I can get, see how it works, hyped. right? Like for, for these people, and I can imagine if that's all you do is spend time working, how your program can work and help mm -hmm. people if that's what they want to do and make a lot of money, because so it worked, and so it was going up and going up and going up. But like you were saying, I got scared, right? Because like 
you know, it's penny stocks and it's like, you know, it's, it's volatile and like it's fear it, it goes up and down, up and down, up and down. I didn't know where it was going to stop. And I got to like 11 bucks or something like that. And, and who told you to keep it though? Yeah. He was like, no, it's going to go to like, <laughs> it's going to double. And I'm like, dude, that. he didn't do as much research as me. So he, he they don't double very often. How often do they double? Right. Yeah. How often rarely. do they double in a yeah. day? What happened to it though? It doubled. <laughs> so, so I, I bought out, like That's I sold that. I sold it, uh, 11 something, just under 12 or something. So I made a good amount cause I bought a yeah. fair amount of shares. So I made a good amount of money in a matter of like what, 45 minutes or something. Yeah. It was, it was pretty a pretty exciting, good cash yeah. out. Right. But then it went up to like 15, 16 bucks. And then to make matters worse, now I'm rooting against it. Cause like as it was going up, <laughs> this thing go down yeah, as it was going time. up, like it, it kept going up so much that I was like, man, should I rebuy and like buy more? Is yeah. it going to just keep going? And I never did because I was like, it can't go up any more than that. I mean, I must have said that 15 times. Yeah, well, and then it just kept going and going and going. That's every single person. It stayed at like 15 or 16 yeah. bucks for like weeks. Mm. And I was just like, fuck, I can't believe it. And then back you know, in February of, of this year, it was up at 25 bucks. I mean, it, it would have tripled, you know? Yeah. I mean? Now it's down to it. now it's down to like now it's down to like sixteen, you look it up? which is almost still ten dollars. No, no, it's sixteen today. Oh, okay. You look. So now it's down to like I checked it today just to see, but it was uh, it's like sixteen, I think. So it like it dropped down, but still sixteen. That's almost ten bucks. You know, it's like eight bucks more than a share yeah, per share, share more than yeah. I bought it for. So I can I can relate to that kind of like I could have made a. a boatload of money Dude, it's, it's but a, because i got scared I, I sold early and i left a lot on the table game. or i could have lost a lot i could have lost you know when yeah. possible i guess i couldn't have in that one that one really worked that but one, yeah. there was a lot of other ones that we did that we lost and that was fun yeah the first one was fun <laughs> then we lost a Losing couple is and, always great but i was i was, I was like very inexperienced and it was just hobby it was just fun for me but i can see how it works so what you're saying now is you have this guy mike that works for you and the system that, mm -hmm. that, that, that works and so people can sign up and then and then help with your system so they can cut through all this like trial and error like what i'm talking about and yeah, what you yeah. had to do for three years yeah we offer a 90-day uh course called foos4 pro you get 25 hours of online training which is pre-recorded that yeah, i saw it's created good. myself and then uh, it's five times a week where we broadcast live at the market open for about the first hour to two hours. And that's that's where, where all my trading goes down in the yep. first 90 minutes. And then uh, we also have a three time per week mentor class that Mike teaches as well. So, uh, yeah, it's a good dynamic because one day trading is so fucking manic depressive. Me and Mike talk. Mike was my uh, my student. Now he's the Fusfor mentor and he was also episode one of the profile. Mm -hmm. We talk about this in our episode, just like the the up and down of trading because yeah. like just on thursday i made like 1400 bucks in 30 minutes i was like what up like uh and then friday comes along coconuts uh, for everybody yeah yeah <laughs> friday comes along i lose like 1600 i'm just like i need those oh. coconuts back and i need those <laughs> coconuts yeah. back bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. nuts <laughs> yeah. so it's like nuts michael uh yeah it's a manic depressive game and a lot of people can't handle that kind of pressure <laughs> And it all it all boils down to your mind state and your psychological ability to click buy and sell when you need to and also be able to handle that, handle that loss and understand that losing is such a huge part of this game. My win ratio is literally only 50%. So I'm losing on half my trades, but I'm managing the risk in a way that I can still make money. So if I make two $1,000 trades, yeah. that's $2,000 profit. And then I make two losing trades at $200 loss each. That comes out at, to a $1,600 gain at the end of the day, but I literally lost on half my trades. Yeah. So it's all just about managing risk and being able to accept that loss. Because the only way you can lose money in the stock market is if you choose to lose. Yeah. Because you, you can let, cut your losses at Yeah, because you can get go to a, into a stock, you can sell it whenever you want. So if you choose 
to let it get into a huge loss. You just chose to lose. And that's how people lose money. And they don't have that psychological ability to just be like, all right, this one's not working out. I'm done. We actually have a, a part of our training course called Cloud Nine. It's literally just seven hours of me talking about how to manage your stress in right. trading. So uh, that's definitely at the end of the day, you can look at fucking charts all day long, but it doesn't mean anything if you can if you cannot get this shit straight up here. So yeah, uh, yeah it's a it's a it's an interesting, fun game. Sometimes I love it. Sometimes I hate it. Uh, but yeah, you can. Uh, I just posted about this on my Instagram the other day, just about um, basically at Foos4 Trading, we sell time because it it takes a lot of effort to actually get to the point where you can actually make money. But if you do get to that level or join the league per se, uh, I literally only trade 90 minutes per day. Mm-hmm. And then you can go out and still make, you know, 500, $5,000, $10,000 in a day potentially and only do it in 90 minutes and have the rest of the day to do whatever you want. So I also look at day trading as an avenue to be able to pursue other passions in your life, mm-hmm. but you can also make money. I like if I was working a nine to five job, I would have absolutely zero time to start iconic, travel the world and interview people all over the place, yeah. you know? So the only reason why I'm able to do that is because I run a business and I'm in a game of day trading that only takes 90 minutes of my day for the actual trading part. Obviously there's YouTube marketing. I got like eight full-time employees basically that are hounding me on Slack every day with questions. So, uh, you know, like the day that we shot your episode, I was working an 18 hour day, 7 a.m. till 1 a.m. So yeah. I still work way too much, uh, a lot. So I'm trying to get out of micromanaging, have Foos4 trading, um, be a little bit more self-run without me having to be there all the time or the f- physical face. I would rather have it be a brand rather than Cameron Foos is here to save the day uh, per se. And so I can actually focus a little bit more on Iconic as well because that's kind of where my passion is going forward mm-hmm. uh, as well. And it's great to just have Mike uh, be able to be 100% day trader because I can't be 100% day trader. Even if I was not doing iconic all the workload from foos four i can't 100 percent focus on uh the actual day trading aspect mm. so but uh, yeah it's uh it's great yeah so i mean it's cool that you're making that transition and the way you're shooting iconic is cool i really like the uh the videography yeah that's that's mm-hmm. norbert over here so it's actually <laughs> but, but how you're shooting it, the way you shoot it the 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 style the, it's real exciting and cool and fresh and new and modern and you're bringing out a lot of uh, a lot of personality in these these people that you're interviewing yeah so it's just something that nobody else is doing and a thing that i just learned recently is something called a vrin score it's value rarity imitatable and non-substitutable hmm. if you can work that into a business model you're going to be ahead of everybody else. So that's, I'm trying to think of ways to do that with the profile. One, people are doing like podcasts or interview shows, but are they doing it in a way that they go shoot a 10 to 15 minute vlog of an activity in some place all over the world and then then transition to an interview? Like we did it at your gym, but previously just before this, I took this uh, streetwear model, Johnny Edlin, he's got a million followers on Instagram. We rented a catamaran boat in Bali took it out to Nusa Panita, went and swam with stingrays, shot a 10 to 15 minute vlog for that and a really cool high production value video. And then we shot the interview on the boat in the middle of the ocean. So it's definitely something that nobody else is doing and it's not very imitatable. 
like not a lot of people have the resources or the time or availability to do that. So I think it's a really brilliant way and idea of how we're producing the show. So it's been super fun and I'm definitely looking forward to more episodes going forward. Yeah, I wanted to thank you for having me on like right after you had on a, a model <laughs> that has a million followers on Instagram. <laughs> that's, that's awesome yeah. to have to follow that. Um, but uh, no, it's really cool. And then, uh, yeah, like you said, so so you're spending a lot of time in Bali and I yeah. spent a lot of time in Indonesia. I spent like two months in Indonesia um, yeah. traveling around and stuff. So, so how's life in Bali? Like, Dude, it's like the best. Like I was just in LA for three months before this. I'm from San Diego, lived there for eight years. Uh, just the quality of life, the food, um, the workout establishments there. If you want to get healthy, eat right, yeah. work out crazy, and man. be around a, just a really good positive vibes, there's no better place than Chenggu Bali. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking actually at property there right now to uh, potentially buy a place uh, and kind of make it home base. I was thinking LA would be that place, but after spending three months there, I'm like, Nah, I think yeah. I think I'm good. So Cal, I've been there for a long time. <laughs> is it called the, Is it called the old man or something there? Old man, Chengdu. I went there. Yeah, yeah. It's a I kind of a grimy bar. Like, People go get wasted. I just it was just a billboard there. They said it was real famous, and it said yeah. the old man or something. I took a picture in front of it or something. Yeah, it's a beach bar right on the beachfront on Batu Belong. Okay. Yeah, I won't remember that, but no, <laughs> it's super grimy. <laughs> I love like they have like you said the health food they're so good and they have all those quinoa bowls man and that was like my thing when I was fighting if you remember avocado quinoa chicken I would just like make like I would just a- yeah the thing is like people are like asking me about it I'm like dude the food is so great there but I'm not talking about Balinese or Indonesian food in any way shape or form or form I hate the Balinese food it's nasi goreng super greasy fried rice and egg uh, but there's so much Australian influence there yeah. it's just all super healthy, legit, organic food. And that's kind of like what I strive for when I eat like here in Phuket. I'm like, dude, there's fucking nothing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's growing. And yeah. there's certain places here in Phuket that have like a lot of healthy food, like yeah. the cafes and, and the Contender Cafe, aka Thailand. Oh, the Contender Cafe, uh, that's, but, probably, that's definitely the healthiest meal I've had so far here. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's growing, it's growing. Yeah. But the demographic, the demographic in Bali is like, I, th- I think the difference is the demographic in Phuket is more fight oriented. Yeah, my uh, friend and actually called this CrossFit, like fit and like healthy oriented. My friend has said is like there's so much white girl brunch out here in Bali, and that's basically <laughs> what it is, like Instagrammable white girl brunch. Mm. <laughs> he says if, if I had a dollar for every time he said that white girl brunch, I've never stringed those three words together. <laughs> Have you ever even said brunch? You know what that is? I don't even know what a white girl is. So no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, man. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then after that, we'll get into Thailand, your experience in Thailand, and you did a little training at AKA Thailand. Yes, sir. So we'll get a little into that. So uh, in the meantime, we'll show you what AKA Thailand looks like because they are a sponsor right now. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. The great Mike Swick. He's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here AKA Thailand is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. I'm 
telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on. All right, so um, you. so you've been at AK Thailand doing the profile and doing the interview with me, but you also got to train. So what was that like? Because I trained with you, and I'm doing a lot of strength and conditioning right now. I've been traveling a lot. I've been gone for like a month, traveling all over and stuff, London and America and stuff. So I'm not in the best cardiovascular shape, you know, more so just strength and conditioning. So we had a nice little workout. Yeah, That dude. was a push. It was awesome. Like at first, like, so first I did your Muay Thai. Yeah. Uh, which was super awesome. Like I'm actually like Googling Bali Muay Thai to like get into it. Cause I actually <laughs> had a fucking blast doing it. Uh, but yeah, so first of all, that was super hard. Just like the cardio intensity of this, like kicking a bag 10 times. I never would have thought that'd be so hard just to do it 10 times in a row after yeah. like going through all these sets. So I actually really, really enjoyed, um, Muay Thai and kickboxing and I was already like beat from that. And then I'm like, shit, I'm like, I was resting. I was just like relaxing. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I know aerodyne's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Go ahead and get tired. Yeah. And they'll bring you up there and show you what, what the fighters do. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. So d going through that at first and I'm just like, I'm trying to like, kind of like walk away from the trainer guy. Like I was, I'm just doing a little warm up here. I got to go to Airdyne. And he's like, no, 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 you come back. Like, and I'm just like, oh man, I'm like, going to die before I even have I to. I forgot go. to tell him he was leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We had a Mexican trainer either. <laughs> no, 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 no. Come back. Come back. <laughs> Jeez. So you did the pro one, though. That's pretty impressive, huh? Yeah. So we went and uh, I cut out early from the Muay Thai and then uh, went up and did the Airdyne Pro thing with you. And uh, yeah, it's it's a grind, dude, for sure. Doing uh, thirty minutes straight of working out, and I'm I'm used to that kind of workout, like hit sessions and stuff. Like, uh, so it was it was definitely hard, but like I, it was something that I could like keep up with as well. Like I was doing this one in uh, Cape Town, South Africa. I was in there for four months, and there's this class called Sweat One Thousand. So it's sixty minutes of going back and forth from right. the treadmill to body weight workouts on the ground. Uh, and that was probably like one of the best shapes I've ever been in my life, uh, doing that consistently. So, uh, but yeah, this was a super badass workout. Your gym is like next level. Like I'm looking yeah. at the, the, the gyms in Bali for like Muay Thai and I'm like, man, this is such a downgrade. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks man. Thank you. I appreciate it. What do you think of the staff there? Pretty good yeah, staff. no, it's super cool. Everyone's super nice. Um, Definitely looks like you've built a strong community of people there. Like just this not only helps out a little bit. This guy's man behind the scenes, a sidekick. No, no, no. <laughs> you only call me sidekick 14 times. <laughs> I changed my name to Norbit. Fuck. <laughs> 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 and then I'm buying a rope. Yeah. <laughs> just carry yeah. around a camera with you all day. <laughs> a gimbal. <laughs> that thing looks too heavy. I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> yeah, these guys got all the equipment. So we actually did have. So I brought back a lot of equipment um, from LA because I want to start getting into to more production stuff. Yeah. And you guys had the GH5, just like I brought in. So thanks for the help on on teaching me. These guys have Setting all the, the sick equipment. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's it's hectic having to carry all this shit around. Like even just like, like I try to stay like at least a month in most places. Most places now, and uh, like we're only here for like four days. Had to get all our stuff out. Now just putting it all together is we packed for like three or four hours. Like, you know, okay. well, also like we usually lose a bunch of stuff, but not a bunch, but we, you know, lose a microphone here and there, and be like, yeah, well, I'm not gonna go get it. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's only twelve dollars to change your flight if you don't want to fly to Bangkok today. 
Yeah, I mean, there's nothing in Bangkok. Uh, the thing is, it would be five dollars for that, and then we need to pay an extra like two hundred or three hundred dollars on our baggages. Yeah. yeah, it costs. Uh, they got a ton of stuff. I'm sure. Yeah, they so got like six eight bags. I paid like almost three hundred bucks for my our baggage just to get here. Damn. Plus the flights. So, so getting back to let me real fast. Getting back to iconic. Um, so in the long run, like like say five years from now, where do you see iconic being? Like you're obviously gonna be doing interviews and stuff, but you said you want to do a clothing line. It seems like more of a lifestyle brand. Yeah. So so where where do you see yourself in five years with this company? It's. A good question. Um, I'm right now. I'm semi lacking clarity on exactly what I'm going to do. And yeah. if if you watch, I always reference my other profiles. That's why I love this show because I'm always learning something new from these people that I'm interviewing. Peter Vugt, who I actually went to high school with, he is like one of the biggest things you need as an entrepreneur is clarity yeah. about exactly what you're doing and exactly what your goals are. Um, and that's I, I have an idea, but I'm not like 100% clear on what I'm doing, but the plan is to eventually monetize it. So I talk about this in the iconic, uh, uh, promo video that we did. You know, people ask me all the time, like, Oh, if you're so good at trading, why do you run a business? Teach me how to do it. So my biggest month in trading, I made $70,000. I made a hundred thousand dollars that same month selling my product on how I actually actually did that. So I want to teach people how to run businesses online because I've been doing it for over 10 years. So that's one of the ways I'm going to monetize through iconic is also help influencers, help people who are, have social impact, how they can actually monetize that through selling a digital course. If you have something good to say, or if you're an, an expert or in any way, shape or form, you can monetize that through digital courses and use digital marketing, such as branding on YouTube, uh, funnels to actually sell those products. So I'm going to create products at iconic same way that I sell the Foos force system, but to help people actually make money online so they can have more time and freedom to do other things that they love or have money to continue to do what they love. Like mm. iconic, this is costs a lot of money to be able to travel around, uh, you know, set up things to do the show, whatever, travel, hotels, all that stuff. That's not cheap. So I, I need to monetize this and actually, you know, to actually make it go forward. Um, but right now we're just trying to build eyeballs, trying to get the attention towards it um, and go with that. And I also want it to be something, it's gonna be a lot of meaningful content, um, helping people find their purpose, find their passion, uh, stray away from going down the wrong path, similar to what I feel kind of like I did, like my why was money right. in the beginning. And that's why I think I, ended up being fucking miserable with all these fucking toys and just ended up getting rid of it all. Um, so that's kind of like what the, the premise of iconic is, is kind of helping people change their lives in a positive way mm. or inspire them to change something negative in their life to drop it. And a lot of people have problems with that. If they're stuck with a, in a relationship, stuck with a job, they have such a problem with making that transition or just that, concrete decision like fuck this the fear of change yeah you know like this i'm not happy like mm. then stop and people have issues stopping because they're inside of their comfort zone <clears throat> and one of the things that i want in with iconic is to help people get out of their comfort zone because that's where growth and change happens and people have that such an issue of getting taking the steps to get outside of their comfort zone so when you had all the money from from trading and you were buying all this stuff, I saw the videos. Obviously, yeah. you're, you're living the life and doing all this stuff. Um, was that more rewarding, or was it more rewarding, or I guess fun, 
now being able to travel and do this iconic and and have that freedom to to just kind of do as you want and, and go where you want and set interviews up with cool people and yeah and and, and, and kind of network out more so the all the trading videos all of that stuff there was a, a the purpose behind all that was to create a persona that could sell product and that's where it was kind of eating away at my soul like okay what could we do to create some image or persona to hype up trading to sell a product and i i got to a point where i was just like i don't even know who the fuck i am anymore because i'm creating this persona online who is actually not who i am as a person and not who i want to be and i have people thinking that this is who i am it's almost like you know you can act in a shitty movie or you can be the villain in a movie and have people hate you but it's at the end of the day you're just acting yeah. in a sense i was creating this persona as this Dan Bilzerian kind of douchebag guy like doing all this stuff, which some people look up to that. But for me, that's not something I see on the internet and look up to that at all. But that's who I was becoming. And now I was like, all right, I got to fucking just reset everything. Cause this is like, I wasn't happy. And I was just like, it was all boiling down to doing things for money and just coming to the realization that money is not what fuels me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so, yeah, it was a, a big transition. This all happened, you know, kind of within the last two years. I met a girl uh, who moved in the day we met, and then we started traveling together for 13 months. Mm. And so that was kind of where all of this uh, kind of started changing for the better in my life. Hold so on. The day you met her, she moved in? <laughs> I'm not, I, I didn't know if I heard that. I thought maybe I had some earwax. Wait, wait, wait. wait. you got to stop and explain I'm not, that right I'm not one to throw up red flags or anything, but... <laughs> I don't want to say she was clingy. I don't know this girl, but no. So yikes, she she's from Medellin, Colombia. She was at, but she is also a dual citizen. Medellin, Medellin, yeah, uh, it's Medellin. Medellin, yeah. Is it the same Medellin that Escobar? Yeah. Oh, Medellin. Um, Medellin's when you don't sell coke. Oh, okay. <laughs> Medellin's when you sell yeah. coke. Okay. I spent so, all night watching Sicario, so I'm I'm like kind of getting getting back into this whole cartel oh, thing. Yeah. Uh, but no. So we met on Tinder, and I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this Fuck is a great me. story. This is great. Yeah. No, but honestly, she's like one of the best people I've ever met, cool. and she changed me for like in such a positive way. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, so we we meet on Tinder. We like kind of shoot the shit for like a couple of weeks, and then finally, like <laughs> we got a, we got on a date. We go to yoga. I take you to this little secret cave, like in La Jolla, because I was living. The secret in the caves always work. There's <laughs> yeah. so many around Phuket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it's at, right there. And the yeah, so cave. anyways, like she and she's already she had already been traveling full time for two years, just nomad life, like cruising. And uh, so she comes over back to my place. Like we're just totally hitting it off. And my mom just so happens to be coming into town that day as well. So she meets my mom. And then like we have like this big like friend get together at my house that my roommate organizes. So literally it's just like she's just immersed in my life like on day one. And uh, she ends up staying over that night. She actually just tried to leave at like midnight. She goes to her friend's house where she was staying. The door is locked. She can't unlock the door and her sure. friend's asleep. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. I was like, maybe. And then so she comes back and then ends up staying over. And because she's traveling full time, she didn't really have a, a home or anything to stay. She just ended up staying with me. And then uh, that was the rest was history. And then we traveled for 13 months together after that. So it changed everything. Yeah. And she, she was the first person that I had met in a long time that actually like accelerated who I wanted to become 
That's rather important. than That's really yeah, important. for sure. I Honestly, think you need a partner that like can push you forward instead of hold you back. Oh yeah, like uh, if you're with the right girl, like they can definitely boost your level of success. Right. So in the beginning, it was like that, but after a while, especially if you're if you're with somebody for twenty four seven, kind of like me and Norbert. Now we're going on like eight months. Did uh, he move in the day you met him on Tinder? <laughs> yeah, basically, it was Grinder. Grinder. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it was a roulette one or whatever it is. Yeah. But no, it's like, it's crazy, dude. Like, <laughs> if you're traveling with somebody for 13 months, like, we were together 24-7, 365. <clears throat> and there's never a point where it was like, hey, I'm going to go, like, hang out with my bros. I'll, I'm going to be back. I'll see you later. It's like, hey, I'm going to work. I'll be back. And, like, there's never a point where you're like, oh, hey, how was your day? It's because every day yeah. was with that person. So. Um, we, be, we came, we became way too reliant on each other, especially when you're bouncing around. Cause we were traveling full time all over the world. I was vlogging. Uh, we were doing like luxury hotel stuff. We actually, I woke up one day and then got an email from playboy and I'm like, wait, is this really playboy? Like, what is this? And they're like, Hey, we saw your, your vlogs that you're doing with you and Sandra. Like we want to start this show called finer things, uh, which is a luxury travel show. And we'd love to have you be the host. And I was like, Oh shit! Well, this is kind of fucking crazy. And I'm like, Sandra's sleeping. We're at, we're actually in Massachusetts at her mom's house. And I'm like, hey, I just got this email from Playboy. They want us to host this show. And at first, I didn't think she was going to want to do it because we are also having kind of issues at this time. Like mm -hmm. basically, I'd been working so hard. We rebranded Foos for Trading, and she was kind of more so on my. She was basically on Cameron Foos's boat. It wasn't like, oh, we're like riding jet skis next to each other. Like, this is great. Like, we both have our own thing. It was more so like she's like on my boat. Like, we're going here. You're coming. She didn't really have like uh, kind of her own thing going on. I think that's why it, it didn't really work out in the end uh, between us anyways. But uh, so, yeah. So Playboy hits us up. And I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. And so they want me to be the host of this show. So we shoot three episodes two in Columbia and then we do the third one at the Playboy Mansion the last part they did before Hef passed away mm. uh, but it was it wasn't actually that fun like it, we got paid and everything paid for we had our we did one in Columbia we were already down in Columbia they basically just wanted to rebrand my YouTube as Playboy but I couldn't post anything on YouTube anymore it was going to be their show uh, whatever but it was now it became to the point where it was no longer my show they were kind of telling us to change the way I shot and filmed my vlogs. And now also being that Sandra is a paid part of this thing. Now she's putting her input onto the show. So now me and her are butting heads about what we should be doing. So right. it was actually way more fucking stressful uh, than anything, but we did some cool stuff. We got this like dope hotel in Columbia that we shot an episode at. Then we had this literally this private a island dope hotel. No, aren't they all dope hotels? <laughs> yeah. In Columbia. It's like, That's a drug joke. Norbert. <laughs> you got that? <laughs> so so you're saying the the party at the Playboy Mansion wasn't great? Uh it's you would you would assume that would be for guys, that would be the ultimate. It's not it's not what they what they used to be at all, for sure. None of, I think my girlfriend was the hottest girl there by far. So there wasn't Sandra like <laughs> Did any of the women there ask about the real quick with Mike Swick podcast by any chance? <laughs> they're all they're all wondering. But no, it was kind of just uh I'll take it. it was cool, but it <clears throat> it was definitely underwhelming, I would say. Like we were like and we were shooting episode there, so like it was kinda weird, like we had a camera team following us around with like all these like people just like staring at us, like, what are these people like doing? But uh 
Yeah, it was it was cool. I mean, I'm glad I went and did it, but it was not like like even all the people like the people that I was working with that worked at Playboy like this is this is not what it used to be. Like the the lady who was the producer of our show used to be a playmate playmate. And she's probably, I think, like 40s or 50s now, Ugh. her age. And so... Well, you uh, know there's a new Playboy mansion in, in L.A. now. Is there really? Not by, by one of the guys you, you seem to not like so yeah. much. Uh, Dan Bilzerian just bought... I was just dude, back in L.A. He just bought a $100 million house. So crazy, dude. He was just posting those videos on Instagram uh, or whatever. I like, went there. I, I actually went, yeah. Oh, really? Did you go to that party? No, no, no. But I went to his house like the next night. Yeah, yeah. But... uh yeah, so going back to him real fast, I want to ask you a question. So he was quoted one time as saying, I think it was on the Joe Rogan podcast, that you, because I think Joe asked him something like, if, if it was Joe, I hope I'm not wrong, uh, you know, you have the money, the women, all this kind of stuff. Can you buy happiness with money? And he was quoted as saying, you can buy pleasure, but yeah. you can't really buy happiness. Do you agree with that? Uh, I mean, it depends on what you're classifying as pleasure, I guess. I mean, you can, so like short term happiness. Yeah, I guess. yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, what you can buy girls pleasure, you can buy cars, you get short term high pleasure from that. You can buy a vacation pleasure from that. So I think it really just boils down to, I think, so here's my three pillars of happiness, passion about what you're doing, mm -hmm. your relationships and being in the sunlight. I think those any if you're missing any three of those things, I think you're missing out on your potential to be truly happy. Right. So, like, honestly, when I think back, I think one of my happiest years I've ever had was when I was 23 and I was a bartender in Boise, Idaho, which is like people are like, OK, I didn't have money then. And I'll bet what my life was so great because one bartending is super fun. I was passionate about it. I loved it. Like, Girls I loved, like bartenders. Yeah, I love doing all the flair and like just like being like the That's why I did it till I was 33 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 30 year veteran over here. Yeah. Yeah. And so my 60. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Mike, yeah. Mike interrupted. Are you 60? You're 60. You look great for 60. Bro. But I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> Still look younger than Mike. <laughs> but yeah, so I was passionate about bartending is super fun. Uh, and I was also part of a, a big community. So there's a guy named Ted who owned three of the top bars downtown Boise. And so if you work at one of them, you're part of this big family of people. So my relationships with just interconnecting with people and also being that I was in a, in a scene uh, where I was constantly interacting with people, making really good friends who I worked with as well. My relationships were good. Also, it's always sunny in Boise. And so it's just I had the three pillars that I think you need to be happy when I was in uh, in in Boise. So I, when I look back, I feel like that was probably the best year of my life as far as just my personal well-being of being happy so hmm. uh if you know i gotta ask um when i think of hot nightlife spots boise doesn't <laughs> immediately jump out at me so i mean is it like 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 the dairy queen or something like everybody just meets no, up and has it, one beer and no talks about potatoes so there there is a place that i worked at called main street bistro it's like a, a big college bar there's probably maybe four or five bars so 12 bartenders on staff <laughs> You could, you could. <laughs> Holy shit. I bet the cop came out there every night. Yeah. No, yeah. No, Boise is actually, it's funny because the whole police force is people always like, kind of like, like dog on me. Like when I say like, oh yeah, I lived in Boise, Idaho. It was probably one of the best years of my life, but it's, it's a good nightlife. There's actually like, and it's okay. So like you think like, like Texas, what do Texas girls look like? Blonde, big boobs, 
Unfortunately, yeah. Good. Great. <laughs> yeah. It's similar. Unfortunately, they're amazing, yeah. Yeah. It's similar to Boise. There's a lot of smoking hot girls that uh, would be running around. It was usually uh, bartending, the new cocktail waitress would come in. Who was the new cocktail waitress? Then all the bartenders were like, all right, who's going to bang this chick? So <laughs> it's like, I never slept with a coworker. <laughs> yeah. I maybe. Uh, I left before I fell asleep. I maybe did that yeah, more right. than a handful of times. But it was. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty easy back then. <laughs> yeah. Early 2000s, late 90s. But yeah, and, but obviously that, that lifestyle is not sustainable. No. You know, I, I, I finally was working on my Foos4 trading business at that time as well. And the, what was great, but also a downfall of working in Boise is we were allowed to drink. So literally I would get shit-faced every day of the week that I was working. And then my two days off, I would go out and get drink as well. So it wow. was... Uh, Did you ever go drink at the bar you worked at? Yeah, all the isn't time. that horrible? You have two days off and you go drink at that same. Day. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Yeah, dude. Oh man, it was great, but uh, <laughs> it was uh, super funny. But um, <laughs> could have just pointed at the clock. Never just wrote but, time. So is this your first time in? Is this your first time in Thailand? Uh, no, I've actually been here a bunch of times. So last year I spent a month and a half in Kopenhagen, uh, or Kopenhagen. How do you say it? Kopenhagen. Kopenhagen. Medellin. 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 Uh, yeah, so I would say Kofinyang, Kofinyang is uh, a lot more similar to like Chengdu, Bali. It's a little bit more like low key, like there's a lot of white people there that are just kind of like chilling, chilling Zen people. Like it's like a yoga community with like healthy food, which is kind of like what I also look for as well. I'm a pretty big advocate of yoga, even though I haven't done it once since I've been in Bali. But, uh, <laughs> I was going to say yoga was in Cape Town. Uh, no, I was doing it in LA. But in LA, yoga is like turned into like uh, super hyped up. I was going to this place called Sweat Yoga, yeah. and it was like loud, hyped up music, and you got fucking weights, and so uh, and hot. So it's not like a zen, like you know, centering myself. It was more of a workout. But uh, I like both. I think yoga can definitely. I think it's a lot of it. Also, if you do hot yoga, it's like heat therapy plus stretching. So it's just like a, a mental and physical release. Right. If you're like stressed out, yoga would always be like an outlet for me. And if you're in trading, you need an outlet to yeah. Yeah. be able to get yourself back to center. If you have a really shitty day, like it takes a day, a week sometimes to recover, sometimes a month. Like, yeah. so you got to have an outlet and yoga has always been an outlet for me. Cool. So let everybody know how they can follow you on your social media, your website, Iconic. And uh, when when will this profile be actually ready to go and uploaded, do you think? Yeah. So about, uh, my Instagram is Instagram.com backslash Cameron dot Foose. That's F-O-U-S. That's where I'm most active on a regular basis on Instagram. That's probably where I have the most like fun, just daily like posting stuff. Right. Um, and then our YouTube channel is where we post all of our, uh, the profile episodes, youtube.com backslash Cameron Foose. And I would say probably two weeks max for our, our episode that we just shot. Okay. Hopefully a week. Uh, we'll see. We're going to if Bangkok. Young doing, if you're doing a week, we'll, we'll, we'll post this at the same time, put the link at the bottom and everything so we can, pe people can actually see the diet. So I had to copy everything over last night and copy back and stuff. So <laughs> yeah, technical yeah. Difficulties. We had a few technical difficulties. Exactly. So, so if, uh, if you're watching this and it gets posted, uh, before the profile, my episode, 
check back because yeah. what I will do is when the profile um, comes out, I'll put the link in the actual YouTube uh, podcast. Okay, yeah. So you can actually come check it out. It's really cool the way you do this, uh, uh, the show, and then you know, you'll learn a lot about kind of my story and, and, and how I built this gym and, and, and all this stuff. So it's, it's pretty cool. Did man. you mention me? No. Not one time? No. But Thanks. you did You did go get some technical stuff for us. You, get, you get us a screen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I'll get... <laughs> it's actually in the... Yeah, I'm just coughing on you. We have, we have behind-the-scenes video that your guy filmed of that whole entire conversation. Oh, nice. It's actually pretty funny. <laughs> the luggage weighs like 10 pounds less. <laughs> yeah, we're like, we have a lot of room. Like, all right, we're good. I didn't take anything. <laughs> Check his pockets. Well, cool, man. Well, thanks for being a guest on the show. Yeah, dude, this is awesome. you. This is my first podcast. So, yeah? Uh, oh, yeah. shit. It's so we have awesome. you and Mickey Rourke or, or, or was their first podcast. So yeah. Mickey Rourke's first podcast was with us and now you. So What was that like interviewing him? Mickey Rourke? Yeah. It's cool. You know, and I actually, when I went to LA just this last time, it was the first time I actually met him in person. And, uh, is he tall? Short? Yeah. He's a pretty big guy. Is he? Yeah. He's a pretty big guy. Mickey Rourke, that's the guy who was just in the, uh, Iron Man movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. And he, Sin City. Yeah. And, and the wrestler was his big comeback, uh, role. But I mean, this is a guy who was the lead in, in Hollywood for years. You yeah. know, for at least two or three years, he was like the, the main man, the main star of Hollywood. So, uh, he's a really cool guy. And, uh, it was a good podcast. And it was cool that he did it for us because he's never done a podcast. He didn't have to, you know. He does yeah, he does big stuff, so it was cool. So we did two firsts now. That's yeah, awesome. awesome. So uh, we always do a little. Yeah. Oh, good job. Boom. And, uh, thanks for being on the show. And Norbert. Uh, check out all the links in the bio, <laughs> Norbert. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> fuck this guy. Thank you. How can the uh, how can the people find you on Tinder? What's your name on there? Uh, <laughs> I changed it to <laughs> come live with me in one day dot com. She just started a new website. I've always actually wanted to marry a girl named Cameron so that we can both be Cameron Foos. It's some way. Some so one day in my head I decided, what if I started a reality show called Searching for Cameron? And I'd like travel the world finding all the hottest Camerons oh, out there. Chicago. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what he's changing his name to. <laughs> you got that covered, Edlin. Yeah. Cameron Edlin Foos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll give it your best shot. I know you'll try. <laughs> Sizing me up. All right, guys. I know you guys got to go catch your your flight. Yeah, cool. I appreciate you coming in here. Like yeah, twenty minutes. So yeah, you're, yeah, you're almost late. So uh, I appreciate you coming in here and doing the podcast on such short notice. Hell and, yeah, uh, dude. Pumped and doing it. So thanks. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, bro. All right, Cameron Foos.